Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I am your host today, friends, Aaron Richards, here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio. And I'm joined here in studio by my friend and brother in Christ, Joseph Schleter. Hey, Joseph. Hello. Welcome. Friends, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the entire global EWTN Catholic Radio Network, and it is a joy to be here today. Amen? Amen. Illustrious is a great word, not just for the studio, but also for our excitement to uh, to uh, be together and uh, be able to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Good job. Um, hey, Joseph, I'm wondering if you can kick us off in prayer today Absolutely. as we open our show. For sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we thank you that you are Lord, that you are God, that you are good. Yeah. You are so high above everything, and yet you are so personal and close to us. Thank you, Jesus. And we ask that you be present in this show, that you be present to all listening, Mm -hmm. that you would touch their hearts, God, that this show wouldn't just be about encounter meeting mission, but that you would encounter those who hear it and lead them further into mission, even as we speak. Amen. Yeah, God, today, the words that we speak, we pray that they would be convicting to those that hear today's show. God, that you would transform our lives so that we could transform our families, so that we could come into closer relationship with you and ultimately be that real witness that our world needs to see, that our world needs to hear. God, give us the grace to respond well to your call, to seek moments with you where we can be close to you, and where we can witness in authenticity in a way that's convicting and transforming and impactful. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Joseph, how has your week been, brother? My week has been amazing. It's been so good to uh, to be uh, kicking things off. It's our first week back after a break over the summer. Yeah. And uh, lots, lots and lots of exciting things happening here at the office. So for those of you who don't know, we are, we are recording today from Damascus Media Studio, which is at Damascus in Centerburg, Ohio. Damascus is the home of Catholic Youth Summer Camp. In addition to a variety of retreats and conferences that we do here on site, I happen to enjoy the great privilege of working here at Damascus as our executive director for operations. And um, Joseph, what do you do here? I am the worship coordinator here at Damascus, so I get to uh, oversee our worship leaders and help build out our uh, brand new Damascus worship. Yeah, praise the Lord. Joseph, you're enjoying a new position, and it's been off to a great start this year. Um, friends, this summer, uh, once again, we're in the middle of uh, 2020. If you're if you're listening to this show on repeat at some time in the future, where we're no longer suffering from coronavirus, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yep. And uh, it, it, it's it's been a wild year. Um, our last, actually, our last couple shows, we we have mentioned this and discussed this, and I think we probably will for the future. This is uh, it's it's been a, it's been a season that's been dramatically impacted by situations that are, that seem to be outside of our control. And, uh, and and praise God that in the midst of all of that, that this summer has been really successful. Oh, um, it's such an amazing summer. Why don't, you, why don't you give a little witness to what you experienced this summer, Joseph? Yeah, so I was on program staff. Um, so we, I was part of the team that got to run activities for kids and, um, you know, be there and do skits and dramas and all these amazing things. And 
I mean, first off, just the reality that we were able to have it in the first place was so cool. I mean, that's a miracle in itself. Like yeah. the fact that we were able to host a residential camp um, over a summer where everything is shut down over a global pandemic and do it with zero cases of COVID at the end yeah. of it. That is like insane. I love telling people about that and just bragging on what the Lord has done here, both with like his supernatural help and also just through the natural means that he gave us to yeah. to keep everyone safe, which is so cool. Um, and that just paved the way for you know, all these kids to encounter the Lord and just to see, I mean, it's been a tough time for these kids. You know, it's been a couple months where they've been alone and isolated. And a lot of them, you know, it's really easy to fall into loneliness or sadness or habitual sin or things like that, that like have just like been kind of this bleak backdrop to everything that's going on in their lives in the last couple of months. And, and to come to a place where they got to engage in community, engage in fun um, and encounter the Lord in a really powerful way. I just think, like here we at the end of the week we we have um we give the opportunity for campers to share their testimonies and the testimonies this year were just absolutely insane um like they just stood out in like in a new way more than even past years and i feel like every year it gets better but like just the, the stories and, and the heartbreak of where these kids have come from or where they've yeah. been dealing with and and just like the really powerful encounters that they have with the lord not just with an idea of him or with a good feeling but like moments where they just encounter the presence of Jesus and yep. it, it just shook them. And it was so amazing that, I mean, that's just what the Lord does, but yep. it's just amazing to see what the Lord can do. And in, in, in even a time like this, we, we live in a, we live in a bubble up here at Damascus. So uh, Damascus, you know, our mission here is to awaken, empower and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. And, yeah. and, and we, we do that through world-class programs in an environment of encounter we, we've got here on campus. Joseph has just graduated from our missionary class of um, 46 missionaries who, who were with us full-time last year. And in the midst of pandemic this spring, uh, we kind of the environment that we had set here was, was unique in that, uh, as as everything was shutting down, and as people were really pulling into like this this time of of isolation, as you were talking about, and and in a lot of cases, um, fear of the unknown. Yeah. Uh, here at Damascus, we we were able to buckle down into an amazing community, and um, yeah, that was awesome. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to we got to isolate on a beautiful 500 acre property in the middle of heaven. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things though that we've consistently seen this spring and this summer is that as families and as individuals, as, as pastors, as principals, as, as, as priests, as teachers, as parents have come to our campus. Um, I think we've been able to get, I've been able to get little glimpses of kind of what life is like for people that have really been pushing through uh, a tremendous season of challenge. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important. It's necessary that, that we, that we are, are, are moving forward in joyfulness and um, in embracing God's call to uh, living out the Christian life authentically, especially during a time like this. Right. You know, um, there's just so, there's so much stuff that, that, that people are experiencing, whether it's, uh, whether it is, as you mentioned, Joseph, like, uh, isolation at home, whether it was spring sports seasons that were screwed up, whether it, you know, I saw, I'm not a huge sports guy, but I saw, uh, an article just this week on, um, on football, how, how fall football seasons are being impacted and how students across the United States are like 
they're they're moving districts, they're moving to different states. Why? Because here they built their entire high school career on this goal of oh, like pursuing scholarships so that they can find a college placement so they can ultimately play in the NFL one day. And it's like everything's everything's <laughs> screwed up right now. And yeah, praise the Lord, wow. that's not the way my family operates right now. <laughs> but um but you know, whether whether we've placed our foundations in health, whether we've placed our our our, our foundations in financial stability, whether we've placed our foundations in sports, in achievement and performance, you know, even for those of us who thought we were doing the right thing in placing our foundations in the practice of our Catholic faith, right. In going to mass on Sunday and being a part of our parish community, everything's been turned upside down. Yeah. And I, I think right now we're just at a point where, where we are being challenged once again, as far as how, how are you going to react? You right. know, how are you going to react when, um, in the face of adversity, how are you going to react when fear rears its head? Yeah. What do you, what do you do in those circumstances? Cause yeah. that's, I mean, that's the question that everyone's, everyone has to face because the reality is there's, there is a lot of fear happening in the world right now, yeah. you know? And so it's like, how do we, how do we react to it? Do we, you know, I, Christians should look different than the rest of the world is, is kind of what it comes word. down to, Yeah, you know, like if we say that we're Christian, we believe in Jesus and we believe in a God who lives within us, yeah. then we should be looking different than the rest of the world. So if, if you, if you took like a random sample of like, okay, random dude from the world, random Christian from the world, <laughs> would they look different in the way that they're reacting to this? Yeah. Would they look different in, in their response to, to everything happening? Would they look different in the way they carry themselves or the way they, they submit or don't submit to fear? You know, yeah. it's a good challenge for everyone. Like, do we look different than the world? Because it's yeah. actually what we're called to be is to look different in the world. That's great. And I know, I know for me and I know for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the priests, the pastors that I've spoken to, um, the bishops that I've spoken to, you know, during this time, that's a real challenge, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you've got to, you got to have this balance of like, uh, of appropriate conduct and safe practice. And, um, how am I going to protect my family? How am I going to protect uh, my, you know, my, my parents, my grandparents, how am I going to protect my, sure, yeah. you know, whatever, as we're, as we're, as we're looking towards starting school this year, like how, how do we, how do we engage in a structure that just looks completely different, but at the same time, how do we carry the light of Christ? Right. You know, uh, it, it's, it's a balance that it's a balance that we've got to achieve really, really well. And I think the temptation for us, at least the temptation that I've seen in myself, and I don't know about you, uh, Joseph is, that when when asked to when asked to obey a particular set of mandates or when asked to be a good citizen right our temptation is to uh is to respond in a way that doesn't shake the boat right and i i think that you know you've seen a you've seen a a huge difference of of perspectives and how people have responded to this um pandemic circumstance but ultimately you know i think you you phrased the question well we need to be asking ourselves how can we make sure that our response is being formed first and foremost primarily by the gospel right yeah what would jesus do right Right. (laughs) that fell out of style a little while ago (laughs) well i mean even just i think camp like we're talking about is a great example of that like we are able to follow every single mandate and every single like thing set out for us, 
but we still looked really different than the rest of the world. Yeah. Right. Like where everything else is like closing down, like we were able to like actually figure out, Hey, how do we do this in a way that's safe and is like, is still like under obedience to what we've been given. Yeah. But it's actually still going to like allow us to accomplish our mission and still like going to be a light on the hill. Yeah. Right. Like that, like people can look to me like, Whoa, that's different. Like yeah. that's new. You know, I, I mean, even just a simple testimony when I've had the opportunity to share with people about my summer, literally the fact that like we did things, yeah. people were like, how is that even possible? Yeah. You know, it was like, so like mind blowing to them. Cause we, and, and we did it so safely and so effectively yep. that like that itself is just such a testimony of being able to like, you know, be in the world, um, and like, and be in obedience and like all these things, but also still look different. Yeah. Uh, a real practical miracle story. It was, it was pretty great. So we had our, we had our board meeting with the board of Catholic U summer camp, um, at the end of July here a couple of weeks ago. And, um, in early May, we met as a board and we had to make a decision about what our summer was going to look like. Yeah. And the decision that was before our board of directors here in the midst of ground zero pandemic at the point at which summer camp, residential summer camps were on the like disallowed businesses list in the state of Ohio. Um, our board of directors took a leap of faith in uh, in giving the green light mm. for hiring wow. a staff of 180 people this summer. <laughs> so amazing! Um, you know, on 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 May you know May first, we agreed to hire a staff of 180 people to run a program that was on the disallowed businesses list. <laughs> That's and, so crazy! And and 25 days later, uh, you know, over the course of those stories being rewritten and um, all of a sudden now we're, you know, we're permitted to not just do digital programming, but to do day camps. And then ultimately on June 1st, the decision was made here in Ohio that residential camps were going to be permitted Amazing. in the state. Right. And, and yeah, like that decision of, of actually asking, okay, where are our priorities and, and how can we step out in faith, especially in a time mm -hmm. of trial, actually set us up for being able to do something that nobody else could. Right. Well, and it comes down like that, it lo that looks different because it's easy for everyone to, you know, assume the worst about every possible situation. Yeah. And like you guys were like, and, and us as like, even a body were like, okay, we believe in a God who can do amazing things. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to live based off of that, not based off of fear. Yeah. You know? And so it, it all is about like what we choose to fix our focus on. Cause whatever we focus on is going to look bigger to us. So yeah. are we going to focus on our fear and all our problems? Then that's going to look a lot bigger and you're going to react to that. But if we choose to focus on who Jesus is, what he said he's done and what he says he's going to do, then all of a sudden that becomes the lens from which we view life. And so it's so much easier to live in hope and live in confidence and make decisions, not based on what you're seeing right now, but based on faith of what you believe he's going to do in Amen. the future. Amen. It's almost like Jesus knew what he was saying when he said, <laughs> right? you know, fear not the, the, the world will give you trials, right? Mm. But, but be not afraid for I have conquered the world, yeah. right? I have conquered the world. And, and, I don't, I don't know, friends, if, if we right now are orienting our lives from mm -hmm. the perspective of placing our faith in the one who has conquered this circumstance, Yeah. right? Am I living my life for the Lord who has conquered coronavirus? Right. A am I living my life for the, for the, based on a foundation of trust and of faith in the Lord who has conquered those fears, right? Fears of my, of, for health, fears for finance, fears for my scholarships, right? right? 
Well, I mean, saying like the phrase, be not afraid or do not fear or whatever is listed in the Bible. I think it's 365 times. That, that's, that sounds pretty um, corny and perfect. Right. <laughs> it's like, cause I was like, oh, it's one for every day of the year. It's like, okay, that's silly. But it's, it's like the most common phrase in the Bible. Why? It's like Jesus knew that like fear would actually be what holds us back most from our destiny. Yeah. Right. That there's so much he has planned for us, but the biggest thing the enemy tries to do to keep us from that is to keep us living in fear. Yeah. Like there are things we are supposed to be doing in this season, whether like you personally or whether you with your family or whether you and whatever you're in, like, like there, there's a mission the Lord has for you. Yeah. Like there's places that he's calling you to be and things he's calling you to do. And the enemy's terrified of that. And so what does he do to try to keep you from that? He let, he keeps us living in fear, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's this constant reminder that the Lord has of be not afraid. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, friends, we're not just going to talk about coronavirus today. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got it. We've got a, a, a fun show. Um, once again, we're recording here. This is the end of August, 2020. And, uh, as we were, as we were praying about direction for this show, we were inspired by the fact that here this week, um, we are celebrating the feast days of two amazing saints. And as, as, as we look to this question of how can we stand against fear, um, Joseph and I were reflecting on the lives of St. Monica and St. Augustine yeah. and how there's tremendous foundation that needs to be written in the life of our families that can actually equip us with the strength to stand in faith against these uh, against the trials that come our way, against the fear that comes our way. So we're going to be talking briefly as we come after the break of the stories of St. Augustine and St. Monica and, and just sharing testimony about how our families have impacted the way that we've come to react to circumstances like this and, and, and maybe even giving some challenge and some inspiration, um, parents and families and sons and daughters for ways that you too can step into that lifestyle of authentic faith and of confidence in the face of fear. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. Join us right after this break. EWTN, communicating the faith. The best way to practice not really being able to fully celebrate in other people's successes is to go to what you're grateful for in your own life. So when someone next to you is having a a great success, you immediately go to, Lord, I'm so grateful. I have my health. I have my husband. I'm grateful I have a roof over my head. And all of a sudden, everything becomes just perfect. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road. Stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks, friends, for joining us today as we are talking about the orientation of the Christian life, especially in how we carry ourselves when faced with adversity. Okay? You know, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. And a lot of times our our shows are kind of directed around the presentation of somebody's testimony, a, a powerful encounter with Jesus that transformed our lives. And occasionally we've, we've looked back and we, we, we've 
identified the witness of a saint in the way that they encountered Jesus and the way that their lives were transformed. Um, today we're looking at two saints because it's just too perfect, right? <laughs> Joseph and I, we, you know, we, we were, we were discussing earlier before the, before the break that, um, you know, we are, we're, we're sitting in the midst of a, of a, of an, an unknown time in the history of our world where what we're experiencing on a daily basis in the midst of pandemic has never been experienced before, um, at least in our lifetime. But you know what has been experienced before a whole lot of times is people coming up against challenges, being faced by fear, yeah, and overcoming trial by commitment to faith and and an encounter with Jesus. And um, truly, we have to believe that uh, Jesus is the answer to every question, right? Jesus is the answer to every trial that we face. There, there's, there's no situation that we have. There's no circumstances that, that, that we experience that is too big for God to handle. There's no, there's no situation that we have in our lives right now that God doesn't have a solution for in mind as we speak, mm-hmm. right? Amen. And, and his, his hope is that we would simply enter into relationship with him in such a way that we could, that we could reach into those riches that, that he's got stored up for us in heaven, that we could reach into, uh, that, that, that place of intimacy with him where we could come into knowing who he is. Yeah. Right. Amen. Um, today, today kind of as, as we, as we come back into the second segment, um, we, we are celebrating and reflecting on the stories of St. Augustine and St. Monica. Maybe, maybe we should flip those around St. Monica and St. Augustine. <laughs> and, um, Joseph, as, as, as you and I were preparing the show, uh, listeners, we were just reflecting on the fact that in our lives, you know, what was it? Who was it? that spoke that truth into, into, into you and I that, uh, that equipped us with a lifestyle of faith to the point where, w- you know, we're not crippled by fear right? at, at, at this moment, that, that we are, that we're able to be oriented on Jesus, that we're able to be, um, that we're able to stand strong in the face of challenge and actually, uh, you know, shoot after the goal. And just like in the life of St. Monica and St. Augustine, um, it's our family, right? right? Uh, you know, I, I come from an amazing, uh, a strong Catholic family. And uh, my my childhood was th- those formative days of my life. I, I look back constantly and see the ways, you know, for better and sometimes for worse, where my parents, where my family formed the way that I make decisions, formed the way that I take risks, mm-hmm. formed the way that I step out in boldness, formed the yeah. way that I think, the way that I pray. And and all of those pieces kind of kind of come together um to make me who I am. Yeah. That, that that's totally. how we live our lives. Well I mean even I I had the really awesome privilege of um I'm one of six and my and my parents, I'm the second oldest and both of my parents even have been involved in ministry um, yeah. for a time and um, and I kind of grew up in that, that setting, but really that, that what we're talking about with like fear and stuff. Um, I was just particularly like grown up to like not live in fear. Um, my dad especially would just do crazy things with us. Like, you know, we'd like be walking together as a family and he'd see someone like homeless on the street and he'd bring all of us over to them. And we'd like talk to him and we'd like pray with him as like a family, you know, like something that could easily be an occasion for fear or for like 
avoidance, like he like he dove us right into or things yeah. like that. That was just like so cool that really taught us even from a from a young age about like how important it is to like to not live in fear, but like to actually like if, if the Lord's calling you something, run after it. If you yeah. know, if you're if you're sensing his heart on something, don't run away from it, but like go into that. Yeah. So uh, in just a little bit, I, I thought it'd be cool if maybe Joseph, you and I can share about some of those experiences that we had as kids that that were really examples of our parents um, investing their hearts in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to honor our parents today. And um, I, I thought maybe we'd kick it off just with with reflecting on the story of St. Monica and St. Augustine. Yeah. You know, um, Monica was uh, was sweet. She's, she's okay. A baller. She is a baller and not, not just because she's the patron of my wife, um, <laughs> but they do share a lot in common. Um, St. Monica from, from her childhood lived a life of authentic faith, especially in the midst of trial, right? She was raised in a Christian home, but early in St. Monica's life, as she was, <laughs> I don't know how these things happened in history, but she was given away to um, a non-Christian family to be prepared for marriage, right? And mm-hmm. and the moment that her family life started outside of her, you know, childhood home, um, it was it was a challenge, mm-hmm. and and she was faced with trial. She was faced with ultimately uh, a husband who was prone to addiction and violent temper. And ultimately, as as they raised their son, Augustine, who was not a kind boy, right, didn't make good decisions with his life, um, she was constantly placed in this position where, as a mother, she realized that her responsibility was actually the holiness and the integrity of her family, yeah. right? And um, I, I love it. You know, St. Monica was ultimately uh, – was ultimately – responsible for the conversion to a life of Christianity of both her husband, of her mother-in-law and 17 years after, you know, after his, after his birth of her, of her long lost prodigal sons, Augustine. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is so cool. I mean, like that, I mean, talk about a witness, like constantly persevering in prayer and to like, just because we're not getting something right there in that moment doesn't mean you should stop praying for it. Yeah. Right. Like how easy would it have been? Like if this was like another circumstance, if we like start praying for something and we weren't seeing it, we could be like, Oh, I guess God just doesn't want that. You know, it's like, no, actually like there's a power in like pressing in and there's a power in like yeah. continually like, like lifting up what's on your heart to the Lord. Yeah. And I was, I was sharing earlier, you know, as, as I have um, been a part of, teaching and and preaching and, and leading and participating in conferences either here at Damascus or or you know around the country over the course of the last few years in meeting with um, parents in meeting with grandparents the the constant story that I hear is is one that we have come to believe is unique to us that you've come to believe is unique to you um, that there's this shame that's associated with the fact that your your family's not perfect and it's not mm-hmm. the way you want it to be, right? I have I have grandparents that come up to me all the time and they'll just say I'm in love with the Lord and my my faith is on fire, but my children have fallen away. Yeah. You know, my grandchildren have fallen yeah. away and I don't know what to do. And I can testify to that personally, right? You know, I I too am um one of six children. I'm the oldest of six and um 
you know, a couple, a couple of my brothers and sisters are, are practicing the Catholic faith right now, but a, a, a few of them are, are, um, missing the boat at the moment. And not a day goes by where my heart's not moved in love and compassion and desire that they would come into a deeper relationship with, with the savior who loves them and who, who is, who's the source of life. Right. Yeah. Um, but in the face of discouragement, St. Monica never gave up, right? right? In the face of discouragement, St. Monica continued to persevere. And I, you know, I can't imagine, um, you know, praying for what was, what's conceivably a lost cause for 17 years. <laughs> crazy. And, um, and, and then finally, you know, finally seeing breakthrough that St. Augustine lived a life of immorality, right? Um, you, you've, you, we, we've heard his story most notably, um, lust and impurity and, uh, and even, you know, drinking and addiction and excess. Right. And ultimately through that entire process, it was Monica who, Mm. um, who at every occasion she, she fought for the integrity and, and the purity and the holiness of her son. Right. So friends, you know, we, we posed the question earlier, how do we, how do we orient ourselves in the face of fear, um, in the face of what the world has has brought our way right now, and I think the answer is that we need to adopt the heart of intercession. Right. That we need to adopt the heart of, of realizing that you know what may seem out of my control has actually been placed directly within my ability to influence. Because, because, because God has given me dominion over this area of my life. Like I have the authority to speak peace into my family. Right. I have the authority to speak life into my household. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what the witness of, of, um, of St. Monica and St. Augustine means to me. Right. One, I think it's so cool too. I mean, Augustine's such like a, um, prominent name, not even in just Catholic, like history or sainthood, but even like in, from a world's perspective, like he's regarded as like a brilliant philosopher who like had these crazy ideas and like all these amazing things. But like he and his writings and his, um, you know, and, and he brought so much to the church. Yeah. Like such an incredible amount. And it was all from like a mother who, who never wrote anything like in like that we read today or, yeah. or like did anything really crazy with her life and from like a world's perspective. But she prayed for her son. Yeah. You know, and just that constant, showing up like that was her mission. Like she knew her mission was to be a mother and her mission was to like mother Augustine the best that she could. And part of that was contending for his salvation and contending for him to encounter Jesus. And because of that, like Augustine's writings and works didn't just change like a few people, but they, they drastically impacted our church in the way we do. It was, it was all from the witness of just a mother. Amen. So moms, dads, grandmas, grandparents, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, you, you have the authority to speak life and peace and, and, and faith into your family. You, you have the responsibility that God's, God's given you the assignment of, of being a part of the, of the way that he desires to bring influence, to bring, to bring conversion, to bring life into your, into your family. So, um, we're going to, we'll, we'll pray real quick for that. And then, um, Joseph, I, I want, do you have anybody who's ever contended for your encounter with Jesus? Right. Have you, have your parents ever, ever fought, uh, long and hard against, um, you know, childish 
and, and <laughs> ambition and immaturity and, and, and pushed you. I happen to know your parents and I happen to know that that's, the, that's the way that things <laughs> that roll. Answer is yes. <laughs> um, but let, let's, let's pray in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Jesus, we love you and, and God, I thank you for the call that you've placed on my life, the call that you've placed on Joseph's life, the call that you've placed on every single one of our lives as listeners to today's show to impact our families. God, through the course of these next um, few minutes of conversation, I I pray that you would spark a a desire in us to see our families transformed, that you would spark a desire in us to see our children transformed, to see our parents, to see our siblings, to see our grandchildren transformed. Um, One of the reflections that that St. Augustine shared in his Confessions was that Saint Monica's um, Saint Monica's deepest uh, passion in prayer was the soul of her son? Right, he wrote that it was my soul's doom that she was lamenting as as Saint Monica for years would um, would weep over her son and would and would pray over her son and uh, and and. It, it was that it was that commitment it was that desire that ultimately oriented her in such a way that she was able to have impact right god god's built us as as um individuals who uh, we have authority over the ones and with the ones that we love yeah. that our hearts are formed in such a way that as that as that passion is placed in us and as as that as that commitment is made as, as parents and as siblings and as sons and as daughters that, um, that, that we can actually speak in a very particular way to our family that no one else can. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Jesus. God, we pray for greater equipping for every person who's listening to today's show. Um, Jesus, give us the life that you carry. Joseph. Yeah. Tell me a story about your, your, your parents. (laughs) I, I, like I was saying, I was just so blessed, um, man, like just to be again like, in an environment where prayer was so important to us. Um, like we would pray every night together as a family. Um, and that could, that could be praise and worship together. That could be, um, the liturgy of the hours together. That could be an, our father, Hail Mary, glory be, you know, it changes on the night, but to, to grow up in an environment where faith, faith really was like, um, important. Um, we would, my dad, we, it was, I joke about it, but it's true. Like every, every, any long car ride. We used to live in Erie, Pennsylvania. We traveled to Columbus, Ohio to visit my grandparents. And, uh, and my dad would go through salvation history with us. <laughs> and like, and like from the beginning with like the Holy Trinity and what like a Trinity of persons meant and like incorporating like little themes of theology in the body there that none of us understood at that <laughs> age, but like, like you pick up later and being able to then like have us retell it. Like it was so cool. Um, and so to grow up and that was really awesome. But one of the big things that really stood out was, um, was just when I was um I was going into my sophomore year of high school uh-huh. and I just come back from CYC for the first time and um right before that I even had my faith awakened but didn't really know what to do with it and then I came to CYC and saw these young um adults who really didn't feel that much older than me like living this out in such like a vibrant powerful way and I was like yeah. oh my gosh like I want that like I want to do I want I want that in my parish and in my youth group and so I went back and I was just like all fired up and and unfortunately, like nothing was really happening in my area. Like, you know, there was nothing 
um, that felt like was going on. And I was like, okay, well, can we do this and this? And people are hungry for this and I'm hungry for this. And, and it was kind of just shut down time after time by all these different people. Um, and my dad and mom really encouraged me like, Joseph, like if you have this passion in your heart, like you have the ability to run after it. Mm -hmm. Like if you have the ability to, to chase that. And so they just really encouraged me. And, and I got together a couple of friends and, and we started meeting and my parents bought pizza for us cause they're great. And we just like meet every week for like a couple of weeks and we just talk about life and talk about Jesus and like really dive into like what's going on in our lives. And, and we'd reflect on like the gospel reading for that upcoming Sunday. And, and it was just so cool. And, and that began to grow and like more people started coming. So I go to mom and dad, I'm like, mom, like, like, what, what do I do now? And they were just like, they, they, it was so cool. Cause they would just, they empowered me to run it. They never yeah. once stepped in. I mean, I was just like, I was going, I was sophomore year, Joseph, you know, with all my many flaws and shortcomings and, mm -hmm. but they like empowered me and, and were there for me and encouraged me in that way. Yeah. And it was just like exactly what I needed to like, to grow. Yeah. Um, and it set me up for success. And I learned so much through that and being able to process with them and then being able to like challenge me on things and call me on and, and just always be that support. I look back, we got to the point where we had 50 people gathering for five hours on a Saturday night. And I think back there, I'm like, my mom made food for 50 people every single week. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense at that point, you know, like yeah. that, but that blessing of like having parents who are so, who are so supportive of me and my dreams and like saw this desire in my heart for more. And didn't like shut it down yeah. or try to like come in and control it. But we're like, Hey, we want to empower you to live this out. And we want to empower you to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and just that support and witness and all that was so cool. Yeah. That's sweet. So friends, as you know, listening to beyond Damascus, that, that we, we call this the show where encounter meets mission. And, and we speak about that often that, that, that relationship with Jesus and missionary life, they can't be separated. Yeah. Right. And, I think that it's true, Joseph, as you're speaking, that, that one of the, the primary, um, one of the primary responsibilities as, as a parent, as a family is to create opportunity where encounter and mission can flow hand in hand. Yeah. Right. I was, I was thinking back similarly to, uh, um, some of the most, two of the most formative experiences that I had in my faith growing up. Uh, the first was when I was, uh, when I was young, I wanted to be like the, the I wanted to be the the prince of the altar servers, right? <laughs> and um, and as I think back to like where was that desire formed? Well, it was formed in my parents, right? It was formed in my dad, who was who was constantly advocating for me and was constantly enabling me to step into that role of service. Even mm -hmm. you know that 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 mission can be accomplished in the life of the fifth grader um, by by serving at mass and and the parents, the family, the, the, that we are the ones who decide whether that's a cool thing for our kids or whether that's a corny thing for our kids. Right. Right. And, and my parents decided, my, my parents painted a narrative for me where that was like the greatest thing in the world. And I bought it like hook, line and sinker. And, um, and, and that was, that was, that was such a, such a great uh, influence that they had in me in such a simple way. One of the other biggest influences that I had that I think is, has been one of the most formative um, works of my life because I saw how much they sacrificed and struggled to make this happen. So um, in, our, in our parish in uh, you know, the southeast side of, the, of Ohio, of Columbus, rather, um, Pickerington, when I was, when I was a kiddo, we, we would go to Mass together as a family on Sundays um, occasionally we would, we would go and pray the rosary together as a family. My parents were actively engaged, but they weren't the ones who were running, 
powerful ministries like Joseph's awesome, famous parents. Right. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, there was an opportunity that came up at our parish where, um, there was a group of, of men and women who were committed in prayer, who were invited to discern bringing the program of perpetual adoration to our church. Wow. And my mom and my dad were two of the, two of the short list of individuals hmm. who stepped forward and said, in the midst of all of the logistical challenges of getting hundreds of people signed up on a regular basis and making sure right. that every slot's covered and every spot's filled, um, that we're going to take on this challenge of bringing perpetual adoration to our, wow. to our parish. That's so cool. And, uh, so from the mind of a 10, 12, 14 year old, um, my perspective on this was, uh, I got to see my parents sacrifice and struggle and, um, and wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, get on the phone and call people to come fill in an hour and, um, and sit behind the computer working in, in, in a way to organize our adoration program so that, so that people at our church could come into an encounter with Jesus. And it was such a unique experience for me to see that, my parents were actually putting their money where their mouth is, right? That they were actually committing to a lifestyle of, um, of actually investing in our church community instead of just saying, Hey, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. Right. Wow. In, instead of, instead of just saying that, that this is the thing that we do on Sundays. So I think those two, those two items, uh, or those two experiences for me were really formative in, um, in allowing me to, to, take the leap of faith when I was finally invited to take on mission for myself. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. And I think too, even like, I, I was just thinking to, um, not everyone, even not everyone listening or even myself, um, is a parent, right? Like, and so I think it's kind of like, okay, I can, I can relate to how my parents do this for me, but like, yeah. what is this? What is this? How do I do this? That's a great you question. Know? You know? And, and <laughs> I, I think I, but like the, the cool thing is every single one of us is called to, to be mothers and fathers in different ways. Yeah. Right. And I think even, I, I was thinking even Aaron, when you were talking about um, how my parents have like encouraged me and called me on whatever, I was even thinking, I'm like, you've done the same thing for me. Mm. You know, like you have been like a spiritual father in my life who has like called me out of my crap and like, and allowed me to grow and like um, allowed me to thrive. And like, I've even thought to different people in my life who I've been able to, you know, walk with in different ways or encourage, whether that be siblings or friends or, you know, campers and limited time we have them or yeah. whatever, but like every single person listening, whether you're an actual, like, like whether you have like physical kids or not, like you are a, a mother or father. And like, if you don't like have anyone in your mind right now who you like know, like you can mother or father, then like ask Holy Spirit, like who he wants, who he wants mm. that to. Again, like this is all about mission. Like we're encountering him and we encountered him through our parents. Now, how can we be on mission in that way? So who are people in your life who you can, you know, look after and pray for and intercede for and help guide or inspire or anything like that, you know? Amen. Cool. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to, uh, we're going to give some practical direction for how we can do exactly what Joseph just said. So how can we in our particular state in life built up by the example of St. Monica and St. Augustine, how can we commit ourselves to seeing our friends, 
to seeing our families, to seeing our parents, to seeing our sisters and brothers, to seeing our sons and daughters, um, our, our grandchildren? How can we commit to uh, seeing others' lives transformed through the power of witness and encounter? That's going to be fun stuff. We'll bring it to you right after this short break. No prayer is useless. All prayer has power. If you say the rosary, it's real prayer because it's a mini scripture. If you say a novena prayer, it's a real prayer. It's just somebody there to help you when your mind is blank, to give glory and praise to God, to be humble and ask for whatever it is you want. All prayer is pleasing to God if it's done with a grateful, loving heart. Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with program info, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. Just go to EWTN.com wings. Fill out your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. When you get yours, send it to all your friends, and they can send it to their friends. And pretty soon, we're covering the whole world with the good news about EWTN. Wings, the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining Joseph Schleter and myself as we are exploring how it is that we exercise influence in relationships and the way that God's called us, like the story of St. Monica and St. Augustine, in seeing our loved ones' lives transformed. And you know, Joseph, one of the cool things I'm just thinking about right now is that when God gives us a mission, whether that mission is a mission trip, whether that mission is a particular job that we're called to fulfill, a particular ministry within the church, or whether that mission is a person, right? A son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, husband, wife, um, you know, mom, dad, that the, the mission that God gives us is, is not only for us to accomplish, it's for us to be transformed through, mm. right? And I can speak to that so uh, so powerfully as as a parent myself. I, I make this statement to our missionaries here in formation all the time that like prior to being a dad, um, I, I, I never knew that I could survive on so little sleep. Right? <laughs> I never knew that I could that I could live a life that was. Um, I'm a much more selfless person right now than I was before I had kids. I'm a much more patient person right now than I was before I had kids. Um, I think I've learned how to pray in the midst of challenge and adversity a lot more now than when I had kids uh, or before, before I had kids, right? The, the, the idea is that our mission actually forms us. Yeah. That God's called us to a unique work. Friends, God's called you to a unique work, whether again, that's a job, whether that's a career path, whether that's a particular circumstance right now in the midst of trial in our world, or whether that's a relationship or a handful of relationships in your life that God's equipped you and he's called you not only to transform others for the sake of them, but for the sake of yourself. Yeah. So um, friends, thanks for joining again. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel radio and EWTN radio. It's carried across the EWTN global Catholic radio network. And uh, Joseph, I'd like to kind of move toward wrapping up today's show with identifying what I think are four key areas where every one of us, regardless of our state in life, regardless of um, the, the, the particulars associated with our relationships, that we are called to influence others in a powerful and transformative way. Yeah. 
and we, we, uh, we, you know, we pulled these a lot from, um, from the life of St. Monica and St. Augustine who are the patron saints of today's show. I'm just yeah. going to make that claim right Amen. now. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Claim it. Good. So the first one, Joseph, you mentioned earlier is as, as parents, as brothers, as sisters, as friends, if we're going to have influence in somebody's life in a way that is, that is transforming them and calling them in a deeper relationship with Jesus, we need to model prayer well. Yeah. So how do you do that as a friend? How do you do that as a peer? How do you do that as a, as a sibling? Right. It starts with you just doing it. (laughs) Like if you, you can't be telling other people to pray if you're not doing it yourself. Like you can't be encouraging others to like have a relationship with the Lord if you don't have a consistent one. So I I think being able to, okay, I'm doing this regularly and I'm doing this consistently. Yeah. Um, you actually have that authority then to, you know, proclaim that into other people's lives and just to share what you you've been getting, like make it contagious. Like I think people don't want to pray because they don't hear about the benefits of it. Share about your time. Like, Share about time you spend with the Lord and like it allows people to be like, wow, like I can have that too. Yeah. And just encourage them in that. Keep them accountable. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the things that we like to say here at Damascus is that God wants to do more in you than he wants to do through you. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you are being fed on a daily basis, friends, in, in an intimate and personal and powerful relationship with Jesus in prayer, it can't help but seep out and influence the relationships with the people you have. Amen. So yeah, number one, prayer. Model prayer every day. How do you model it? By living it. One of my favorite uh, things that, that, that I think we say as a culture is we need to make people feel loved. We need to make people feel included. We need to make people feel respected. Well, how do you do that? You love people, you include people, <laughs> and you respect, you respect people. people. You just do it. Right? How do you make how do you make people feel uh called to pray? Well, you pray, right? Mm, how do you how good. do you how do you inspire people? Well, you do it yourself. You live that life. Okay? N- number two, prayer is a big deal. It's so big that we gave it two numbers, right? Number one is modeling prayer. Number two is committing to intercession. Mm. Okay. Saint Monica, um, she she committed herself to a life of intercession in such a way that she uh, that she spent days, years in in tears before the Lord, um, pleading for the souls of her family. Yeah. Right. Are we honestly seeking the Lord in intercession? Um, I, I would. I'm 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 speaking to myself right now. Uh, that that I I'm 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 convicted of recommitting myself, and I would extend that that I would extend that invitation to you friends that um, we need to be, we need to be committed to intercession Mm. for, for the conversions of the ones that we love. Yeah. Okay. Number three, teaching. Okay. Prayer, intercession, and teaching. The, the family is the domestic church, right? That, that you are the first and the primary educators of your kids in content of faith. It, it's, not, it's not the job of your PSR teachers. It's not the job of the pastor. It's not the job of your school. It's, it's, it's our job as, as parents. It's our job as friends. It's our job as influencers in people's lives. Be ready to teach what that requires is feeding yourself regularly with content that inspires you and that calls you to be a better Christian, yeah. right? Be ready to be ready to, to, to stand up and to make a claim that, that can inspire not only someone's heart, but someone's intellect as well. One of the most powerful moments for me as a kid, I remember, um, I, I think I've shared it on the show before, but my mom and I were just driving down the street. I, I remember we were driving through Pickerington and um, I, I, I was, I was struck 
by a a magnificent intellectual discovery where I realized that Jesus was not truly present in the Eucharist. And for some reason, my, my silly little child mind was, uh, was making the case for like some messy theology around the Eucharistic presence. And I shared it with my mom (laughs) and she looked over at me and she's like, she, she, you know, she didn't make any apologies. She was like, you're, you're wrong. That's completely wrong. (laughs) And she, and she was able to witness to the, to the, to the the accurate teaching of the church. And I remember that day was so inspiring for me because my mom was able to speak with conviction into an area where I was just expecting her to be like, okay, great. (laughs) Like way to go. I'm glad you came (laughs) to that realization. That's okay. And, um, so, so prayer, intercession, teaching, and finally friends mission. So we talked about it before that, that you cannot separate the Christian life of, of prayer and encounter with Jesus from the life of mission. It's almost as if it's part of the show's title, right? (laughs) That, that this is the show where encounter meets mission and we need to be lives. We need to be living lives where encounter meets mission every day. Yeah. Where, where we are, we are inspiring and we're engaging in relationship through a lifestyle that preaches mission. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be able to like, I mean, that's one of the biggest ways that you um, are able to witness to people is by doing it yourself again. Like yeah. prayer, you want people to pray, do it yourself. You want to be people on a mission, be on a mission yourself. Like yeah. live life radically, live life different. Going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, like does your life look different from the world? Because if not, no one's going to want to follow it because it just looks like everyone else. But if you're living on mission and you're looking different, then that actually, and people are like, what? I want what they have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amen. We're going to wrap up today's show in prayer. Friends, thank you for joining us today. And, uh, and let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, charge us with that conviction to a life lived on mission for you. God, reveal to us now, even as we, uh, as we pray, uh, those opportunities that you have in store for us, Lord, that we can say yes to you through prayer, through intercession, through opportunities for teaching and witness and through mission itself, God, that you could call us to live a life that changes lives. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you friends for joining us once again today. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel radio and EWTN radio. It's carried across the EWTN global Catholic radio network. You can also download this show as a podcast wherever podcasts are found. If you'd like to listen again or share it with friends, or if maybe you caught us halfway through today's show, please join us again next time as we speak and share about life changing encounters that lead to lives lived on extraordinary mission. God bless and have a great week.